To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you, and enjoy the program. Trying to get crazy with this scene. Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, positivesarcasm.com. Find me on Twitter at POSSarcasm. Minds.com uh, at positivesarcasm. You can find me on the Instagram. I actually just posted something for the first time on Instagram in, I don't know, like a month ago since I did that last little glimpse with the powerful Ryan Healy. But you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me at facebook.com slash positivesarcasm. Of course, if you want to donate, support this beautiful platform. That is sometimes violent. Um, you can go to positivesarcasm.com and you can, uh, slash donate. Uh, it's all appreciated. All the love is appreciated. Thank you for the collaborations. I worked this weekend with uh, Turcotte at Polkin Productions. We made some shit up as we went along, as we always do. But uh, we came from some stuff. There's the company. Remember I spoke to you guys about the uh, the spice company, Badia? Badia. Um, I actually made an ad for them. And I uh, posted it this afternoon. You can go to facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Or you can go to Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. And you can check it out there. It's a 30-second 30 30 ad. Um, the idea was – the original idea of bananas was Polkin's idea, was Turcotte's idea. And from there, I'm like, wait a minute. I got another idea on top of that. So he's working – he's having uh, Jared edit his idea. And I finished editing mine and posted that this afternoon. But with final approval from him, I wanted to get his idea on how good it looked. I thought it was kind of cute. It was adorable. It, and uh, Body of Spices loved it, too. It's a good ad, you know? I can imagine what they pay a real person for something like that. Hold on. Mmm. That is the silent sound of a straw sitting in Cafe Bustello iced that I almost just knocked over. And you know what? That's a good feeling. I have to admit, I am a hot coffee dude. I'm, I'm, when in doubt, you just give me a hot, give me a hot black thing in a cup. Um, but, you know, when you first are st- drinking that iced coffee that I now have been doing a little bit more often, it's nice to know because it's starting to warm up. The top is down. Life is ready to go. Uh, the cameras are warming up. Starting, um, maybe start shooting some, uh, some drifting vlog, get the, the vlog stuff going. The Body of Spices thing was a nice little warm up video. Um, after the chaos that was the South Sudanese wedding, I have finished that video and, uh, just reviewed it with the parents and they loved it. Maybe a couple mod tiny modifications, no big deal. But, uh, once I get the okay from that, um, it's pay dirt baby. And then maybe with the approval of the couple, I will throw it up on YouTube. You can find me on YouTube at positive sarcasm. You can go there, like, subscribe, share, give it a thumbs up, do all the necessary, click the little bell for not to turn on notifications. All right. Try not to bother you too much, but I am, I do want to throw that up as well. Uh, I think that'd be a nice little, it'd be a great way to show another use of my, I guess, new talent um, that I've been trying to work on. I started it with week 98 and then I guess that's just, you know, you go in there, you just start shooting everything, and all video, all all weddings, whether it's a lot of chaos or a little chaos, they have some form of chaos. There's some form of the bride is freaking out, or somebody's missing, or this family situation's going on. You know, it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Any ethnicity, it doesn't matter. 
Um, but then, of course, you can also, um, every Wednesday, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. I try to uh, live stream all these bad boys. I did start a little early today. Uh, that's because at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, for those of you not watching, uh, I'm going to be going to a focus group uh, around 5.30, and I want to get there early to make sure I have enough time for parking, because God only knows. Um, so I want to get down there in time, and if I have a little time afterwards, I'll go ahead and chat about what the focus group is all about. But hey, you know, it's one of those things I just want to get interactive and involved and stuff like that, and stay current with what's going on. Or just, you know, let's face it, do it for the cash. It's an easy 75 bucks. What do you want me to tell you? Sit there for two and a half hours? Cool with that. Mm-mm. And if I was a fat ass, I'd get the free pizza. But I don't want it. So, uh, a couple good couple good uh, topics of good news. Uh, yes, besides the vlog updates that are coming true. Uh, I have this book. Uh, number one, after I finished the book, I needed to get some additional information on the people that were involved in the uh, South Sudanese wedding video. And apparently one of them is a doctor and an author. How about that shit? His name is Dr. Addis Ababa. His full name is Dr. Addis Ababa Otto Agunkwit or Gunkit. I think it's Agungdi. Agungdi. It can't be Agunkwit. That's that uh, town that full of gay people in uh, in uh, southern Maine. Uh, nice town. Uh, don't get me wrong. People are very nice. That's probably why Agunkwit is so clean and nice. Is it's full of gay people. If you need to gentrify and clean up an, a bad neighborhood, just send in the gays. They know what they're doing. That's why we need gay people in our lives. Um, that's why I'm constantly mistaken for one. But this is basically the impact of – the book is based on the impact of political stability and economic development. It is for the case of South Sudan, basically because South Sudan is one of those countries. As you know, I've chatted about it on previous podcasts. Bustedo. Um Regarding their current economic status, their current um, humanitarian uh, situation, and in order for them to be a – a thriving country there is a certain amount of things that they got to do in order to get up up to speed with everybody else and dr addis ababa wrote a nice little book that is roughly 200 230 240 easy reading pages uh single spaced i'm sure if you were a good reader which i am not you could probably digest a certain amount of this um there were some things of, of uh interesting conversation but i'm not in I'm not that much of an intellectual, so I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, I choose to stick towards comedy, which has been at the thrusting of uh, the sword lately in terms of controversy. Uh, and then I got a couple other things. But, yeah, actually, I want to talk about that. It was a, uh, I got into it on Twitter with some dude. Um, there was a, a show that was going to be airing soon, and one of the characters, was a male character, was portraying a, a African-American female or black chick, basically, you know. And apparently that, you know, that drew Twitter outrage. And I just said, you know, it's it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And then apparently somebody else, this dude, got on me and we got into a little bit. He accused me of defending racism. I'm like, I'm not defending racism. I'm defending comedy. Because in any form, any attempt to be funny is comedy. Okay. Comedy is the is the biggest form of free speech. There's, there is. It is the original. It is one of those things. Nothing is off limits. Obviously, if you keep saying, if you keep doing bad jokes and nobody's laughing, then you're a bad comedian. Nobody's gonna want to see you. That's how the free market works. It is the purest form of free market. Is comedy. It's a combination of the free market, free speech, everything. It's everything that America now stands for. Comedy. It's the last bastion of free speech. 
for the most part. If you try to take down a certain segment of the market, whether it's a – because comedy sheds light on even the most darkest subjects, the most tragic sub-subjects, no matter how soon the event has happened or the situation is currently developing, or how far away it is, no matter how personal it may touch somebody in the crowd, comedy is comedy. Comedy has no limits. Your objective, depending upon what kind of comedian you are, if you are a clean comic like Jerry Seinfeld, even though Jerry Seinfeld, for the most part, even though he really doesn't swear in his act, he does touch on sense, uh, top, topics that would be considered sensitive now to some people, the fringes, or as I also like to call them, the idiots. But for the most part, when you are in comedy, this is how it works. Okay, you start out as an open mic comic. Okay, you go in for an open mic. You're not going to get laughs right off the bat. You're going to work through material. You're going to come up with ideas. You're going to come up with a tight five minutes of things that you want to talk about. And you're going to work through those pieces. And as you work through those pieces in front of a live crowd or in front of a small live open mic crowd, you're going to you're gonna stumble upon, as you're saying it, you're going to learn tempo. And as you learn tempo, you're going to find avenues of interest in those in those, in those, in those, in those pieces, in, the, in, the, in your set list that you're talking about. Okay? And you're going to watch and you're going to learn how to watch the audience. This is not a recipe by any means. Okay? There's no recipe for comedy. It all depends on the night how much they had to drink, what kind of comedy they're looking for, their mood, how you gauge the audience, who's in the audience, the flow of your comedy. There's all kinds of things. It's a method. Everything in method, as I've said before. Life is a method. So is comedy. So as you're gauging the audience, you're learning your material over and over and over again. Tons and tons of practice. Drilling. Like jujitsu. Same thing. Like wrestling. Okay? You start to gauge the audience. You start to find what your niche is. They, you start to put together a niche group, okay? You go in there, say you go into the comedy store, you blow out 70% of the audience, but you've got that 30% there that's laughing their asses off. Guess what? That's your group. That is your, say you work mostly in the United States. That's your group right there. So, you know, if you blow out 90% of the audience, but 10% are dying, there's, guess what? That 10% of, say, Southern Los Angeles there's going to be other parts of the country. Say that's two, three, four hundred people. Guess what? You can fill up a nightclub in just about every single city with two, three, four hundred people. And then you put together an agent. And you put together a set list from there, and you travel across the country, and you become a road comic, and you start to gain notoriety, and you start working on new topics. But in order to do that, you have to work on these subjects all the time. You have to get in front of a microphone, in front of a Twitch audience, and just work on your material, whether it's serious, conversational, long form, or if it's like uh, Boston comedy where it's like bang, 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 joke after joke after joke. Or if you like prefer an audience where you're more, you know, you like to draw things out and tell a longer story with a big finish. So the idea is, hold on, I need another sip of my Cafe Bustello. I'm sorry. It's just too tasty. Mm -hmm. But the idea is you work on those you start out, and all all huge comics do this. They'll work on fresh material every single time, and they'll try out these new topics and work on them, test them in front of the, these topics in front of an audience, and they will basically talk with not to the audience, not with the audience, but to them. They talk at them. It's not like you're asking for the audience's opinion. The audience's job in a comedy club is to shut the fuck up and listen. And the only thing they should doing, the only reactions they should have, laughing, no reaction at all, or leave. That's it. That's the that's that's art. 
That's their that's the art the art the reaction to that type of art form. Okay, and don't kid yourself. Comedy is an art form. And then what the what the comedian will do at that point is he will gauge his responses from there and he will he will steer his act in the proper direction that he sees fit. But if he feels like there's a topic he wants to go into in order to make the comedy make the groom slightly uncomfortable, he wants to get a certain reaction normally. If he's a a really good comic, he knows what he's doing, he wants to get a certain reaction, but as a young comic, you're basically just trying to gauge the audience so you can better entertain them. Then you'll take your set list home. You'll record your sets. You'll rewrite some of the words, literally just little words here and there. How you deliver the how you deliver the the, the words. How slow. How fast. Spacing things out. Your reactions up there. What you wear. How far away you are from the microphone. How close you are to the audience. Who's in the audience. And then as you get better, and it is it's it's a lot of Nintendo hitting the reset button. Okay, but each time you hit the reset button, your material can get better and better. And the only way to develop, and here's the the coming the full circle thing. The only way for that to take place is if all the comedy is allowed. Okay, there's no stipulations on what you can and cannot say. You go in there trying everything, and you'll bomb. Some jokes will bomb, some some jokes will do really well, and you'll piece by piece build it together because your ultimate objective is to put together a special or something big, okay? You put together something big that you can maybe put online and sell, all right? You po- basically polishing an hour because most comedy uh, is around 45 to one hour. Filling up the Bustello, sorry. And that's where most comedy, that's, that's a good, wouldn't you do like a good tight hour you can put all t- you, you you can put together a whole storyboard of everything that you plan on working on, and then you can have it recorded. Now, I just decide to record pretty much everything that I do, and I can go back and look at it myself. I'm not a comedian. Maybe I should have been, um, but I mean, I am at least a YouTuber. I do try try Twitch stream. I do podcasts. I do do other things that help me better you know coordinate the the stuff in my head so that the noises that come out of my mouth are a little more fluid and digestible and halfway intelligent so i try all different types of subjects and basically going on twitch and shooting this podcast for the most part is an open mic night but a lot of times it isn't comedy sometimes it's this it's lectures it's thoughts it's articles but i won't hesitate for a moment's notice to go full sarcasm on you um but in order for all this to happen, there has to be no rules. Okay, the rules is go out there and try your best. Go out there and put everything you out there. Don't be worried about if somebody's going to be offended. Okay, and that's what that's the difference between comedy and totalitarianism, or free speech in, in a totalitarian totalitarian situation. Comedy is the canary in the coal mine. It's the jester in the king's court. Okay, the the saying is the canary a canary is a bird that sings, and what they the coal miners would do is they would bring the canary into the coal mines if the canary keeps singing and the canary keeps squawking its head off that's fine that means they can go in there and keep doing things i believe the situation is though if the canary dies or stops singing i believe that either that they're running out of oxygen or something else bad is going to happen they are the canary the comedian is the canary in the coal mine so the idea is if something happens to the comedian there's something more dangerous on the horizon that we need to pay attention to the same metaphor goes for the jester in the king's court okay nobody in the king's court nobody in the king's land was allowed to criticize belittle uh blaspheme 
basically talk shit about the king or the queen or anybody on his lineup. No one except for the jester, the comedian. He was the Don Rickles of the castle. And he can go around and sling shit as long as he kept the king laughing. He'd go out there. He'd make the king laugh. He'd, he'd, do, he'd say stupid shit. He'd make fun of the king. He'd make fun of the queen. He'd make fun of everybody on the king's court. So the jester, and because what's the point in, in now if the jester's making fun of the king, why doesn't the king just kill him? It would be beneath the king to kill the jester. The jester is always beneath the king. Same goes for the uh, the canary in the coal mine. Even though the canary is beneath the men who go into the coal mine, sometimes chicks, although mostly dudes. Come on, get with it. Um, it's good to have them around. Okay. The comedian, even though the comedian could be making a shit ton of money, the comedian is performing for the audience. So in a lot of ways, still kind of beneath, at the behest of the audience, okay? Has to perform. Has to, as Bill Burr says, dancing monkey, okay? Now, if the jester makes the king laugh, then as long, then that's good. Here's how I wrote it. As long as the canary is singing, the party keeps moving forward. The party meaning the coal miners. As long as the jester is still mocking the royalty, the populace, the people, can tend to their own pursuits. The pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. The pursuit of purpose. Okay? If the king kills the jester, if the king kills the jester, it's a totality situation. Everybody's on edge, which means nothing gets done. And then other chatter starts. More dangerous chatter. Okay? This is how thrones get overthrown. Overthrown? Thrones get overthrown. I didn't see that coming. But that's where that leads to. So you have to, I have to understand, when I said to this guy, he says, you're defending this guy dressing up as, quote, black. Another thing, about that stupid blackface shit. I'm like, give me a break. I'm like, yeah, it's all in the form of comedy. Comedy evolves, though. Okay. Comedy evolves. That's what you have to understand. And somebody dressing up like somebody else is just part of comedy. It really is. Now, if somebody else wanted to have a conversation with me about this, you're more than welcome to. I'm willing to listen to your thoughts, and then we can go through this one particular type of comedy and go from there. But it's been Chappelle's show, did it all the time, okay? Uh, the movie White Chicks with the Wayans Brothers, they did it, okay? And these are recent things, okay? It's not like peep, some people have changed, but most people have not. But the idea is this stuff was funny back then, and it's funny now, Okay? Now, if it isn't funny to you, you just don't watch it, okay? If it's in the form of comedy, it's not off limits. But he asked me, he said to me, you're, def you're fe defending racism? I go, I'm not defending racism, okay? I'm defending comedy. And I'm defending blue, I'm defending all forms of comedy, including blue comedy. Blue comedy is essentially stuff that's not really suitable for the sensitive folk or for children, okay? And I gave him a huge full 180 character description of what blue comedy is blue comedy makes light and brings levity to the most tragic situations i know that gilbert godfrey did that once when he went into new york city it was after a few days after september 11th okay and nobody was laughing in the audience and he walked um he walked right up on stage and he said sorry i'm late uh he had a he had a uh his connecting flight was somewhere near the Empire State Building. 
And it was just like the whole audience just shifted back. But then he basically wanted to, he, his objective was to jolt the audience awake, basically break them out of that shit. And then after that, he went into aristocrat jokes. So you have to make, and the, the comedian will always attempt these things. And it's very, very important. I know Louis C.K. just did it. I know, um, what the hell's his name? Dane Cook did it once with the whole uh, shooting at the uh, movie theater when people were going to see The Dark Knight Rises. This is, it is what comedy is all about because life is tragic. And the only way we can get through it is because depending upon who you are, if you live in a very dark world, you have to make the light, you have to make light of the most darkest subjects in times, at times, in order to get through them. Okay. If you have a family where people die a lot, if you are a soldier, if you're a cop, if you live in a poverty stricken area, if there's just a lot of tragedy and sadness in your life, the only way to get through it is to make light of it, you know, to make a joke about it. And the only way to have se- uh, real conversations about serious topics is to joke about it as well, okay? Because what it does is it, and you've seen this in a lot of movies where there's very serious topics, you, there will be these small joke interludes that kind of takes the, puts the 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 oxygen back into the audience member so that they can continue to think about the movie they just saw. This happens a lot. A perfect example of comedy in a in the weirdest spot was Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, Tom Sizemore, you know, you name it, they were in it. There was a scene after the after they stormed the beaches of Normandy and fa- and, and everybody, I mean, a brutal realistic scene. And they're in the middle of, you know, pushing towards, you know, the German front lines. And there's a scene where it's Tom Sizemore and Tom Hanks sitting there together, quietly talking. And they're talking about this one soldier who died. And he used to do silly stuff when they were on the battlefield together. His name was Vecchio. And they just just said, who was that one kid? And then Sizemore... uh, chimes back in with Vecchio and they start laughing just out of nowhere and they have this huge um, laugh together and it kind of puts some life back into the audience. The audience starts laughing a little bit and then it goes back into a serious topic about how Tom Hanks is talking about um, you know, what he has to do in order to keep the majority of his men alive and it's, it's, it's a very interesting spot but it starts with it's a very interesting part piece of the movie but it all starts with comedy, these two laughing, in order to broach a certain topic, kind of an icebreaker into a serious topic. This is, this is important. And it's important that we can't lose that. We can't lose the idea of comedy in all forms of life. Okay? I had a father who was a, who was a cop, a mother who was a special ed teacher. So, uh, you know, so we dealt with very serious topics. And dealing with the, working with this nonprofit, the South Sudan Project, um, is another is another perfect example of where comedy needs to be um, kind of inserted a little bit because I'm dealing with these people who are not who not who are not long removed from this warring country or at least some of the tribes are. So what basically to go in there and talk to them, I come in there with my sa- with the same personality I always do. I obviously have a very introductory type of humor with this, but I will always introduce my 
uh, American style with a hint of my ethnicity in there and kind of get them to laugh about certain subjects and things like that. But for the most part, it's an introductory icebreaker to get them to talk about a lot of the other subjects that maybe I'm not familiar with or maybe they don't understand on my end. And it, it works. It truly, truly works. Now, should you go out of your way to try to make a joke about something? It's really up to you. If you're good at doing it and you work on it like an open micer, then yeah, go right to it. Um, is there a time and place for everything? Yeah. But is, but when is the time and place at a, at a comedy club? Every single time the comedian steps up to the mic. Every single time. Okay? Without comedy, there is no civilization. There is no, their com, comedians will go into the deepest, darkest pits of their souls and show you everything they have on stage. And that's why a lot of comedians ha suffer from depression. They're not generally happy people. They're hypersensitive. They're very emotional. I mean, I'm kind of the same way, but then again, I'm definitely not on their level because I haven't gone through what they've gone through in order to get up on stage and, and be a full-time road comic or a theater comic or a, even a club comic they really they constantly are listening to themselves they're hi, they're hypercritical they just they're so on themselves about every little thing they say um it's aggressive so um sorry i just got a notification on the youtube um so i'm trying to get across to you if if you are a person who's never been to a comedy club or if you are a person who maybe is offended by certain types of comedy, it's not that you're offended, okay? It's that you were sensitive to the topic. And he, he this guy came at me about all forms of comedy. I said, yeah. Even, I, mean, I go, i.e., rape jokes. Perfect example, okay? Perfect example. It's a sensitive topic. It's a topic that you know a lot, a lot of people are uncomfortable with. Same thing. You can make light of that subject because chances, even though he goes, chances are, he goes, would you say that to uh, a person? Would you make a joke to that person? I go, uh, to their face? No. If they were in the audience, 100%. If I'm, on, if I'm on stage, like a lot of many different comics, and part of my act includes one of those types of jokes, and there's somebody in the crowd that I knowingly has so-and-so, the show must, show must go on. Okay? They can talk to you about it afterwards because at the end of the day, comedians are humans. You know, we're, they are human. I make jokes. I'm human too. I can talk about serious subjects. Okay. But I mean, if that's if the comedian does want to talk, if he doesn't want to talk about it, that's fine. It's just part of his act. He's there to work. He's there to make money and go home or go wherever he wants to. But for the most part, if you want to approach them afterwards as an individual, there's no wrong in the attempt, nothing wrong in the attempt, but you can't berate them for the, for, for trying to make light of a subject that needs to have some levity to it because to stay in that, 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 atmosphere of just being a victim of something like that you eventually have to move on with your life it will always be a part of your life but it should never be the entirety of your life bad things are going to happen to you no matter what no matter what because what was that that said this guy doctor the reason i have this book the impact of political stability by dr addis ababa is because in the video that i made for this wedding he said something that was so good i had to, i taped it together digitally taped it together and put it in the video. And he said it to the couple and he said, life, you, uh, you cannot achieve anything in life without difficulty. Okay. So you're going to, no matter what you do, you're going to make attempts just by being, just by the idea of being 
and being conscious, bad things are going to happen. Uncomfortable things are going to happen. The idea of a comedian is to take you out, is to shift you, make you shift in your seat and kind of make you uncomfortable a little bit, wake you up. But because that's because life is going to, life is going to shift you in your seat. Life is going to make you uncomfortable. It's your job to adjust. Okay. It's your job. It's your job to be above and rise above the difficulties that were in your own life and to look back and laugh on them. And that's what we've been doing when we shoot this wedding. After we shot this wedding and I showed them the video of it, we laughed about a bunch of the things that happened during it. Me and the and the father. We just we we laughed and all kinds of silly and that's great. And you know what? That's that's great. That's what was supposed to happen. It was exactly how I planned it. The wedding was not how I planned it, but the own end result pretty much was. But he says life is difficult. You cannot go you cannot achieve anything in life without difficulty. And through the weaknesses in yourself, through your partner, you will find the strength. It's great. It's it's a great saying. It's it's absolutely great. So I included it in the actual wedding video. If it goes up, obviously I'll let you know that it's up on YouTube. Um, right now on YouTube, there's a body of, uh, spices commercial for habanero sauce they make. Uh, you can definitely check that out. It's 30 seconds long. It includes uh, me, a jar of habanero sauce, and a banana. So you can check that out. Go to Positive Sarcasm on YouTube. Mm. That reminds me, I got to attach it to my, uh, I got to attach it to positivesarcasm.com. You can go to positivesarcasm.com. You can check out movie reviews, posing music, uh, my YouTube stuff as well, but I'm going to attach it to that site as well. And of course, the podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or you can download it directly from positivesarcasm.com. So I appreciate you guys checking all that out. But as, as I said, the comedy, comedy is the canary in the coal mine. It lets you know when thing, when the coast is clear or when imminent danger is ahead. So I really wanted to let you guys know about that. Comedy in all forms. If you don't like a certain type of comedy, it may not even be the comedy. It may just be the comic. Like there are some comics out there that I maybe am not the biggest fan of. Or, I mean, it's not because they're not any good. It's just because maybe I'm not feeling their vibe. You know? Like for the original, when I originally watched, uh, who's a huge comic right now, is Sebastian Maniscalco. When I first watched him, I didn't, I didn't like his comedy. But then again, I was I was just watching it on Netflix. I just didn't like it. Same thing with Brian Callen. I saw Man Class. I didn't I didn't really like it. But as time went on, I tried Maniscalco again, and then I started getting laughs out of myself. I go, that's a that's a funny situation. I get it. This is you know about people knocking on your door and you don't know who's there. It's a great bit, and I I was like, I get it. And now I appreciate Maniscalco, and I love his mannerisms and how he delivers his comedy i love it he, you it's easy to mock he's funny he works hard so i, I he grows on you brian callen same thing brian callen i i didn't like his first comedy special i didn't know who he was so, but then i ended up following him on the 10 minute podcast and then i followed him over to his new podcast which is uh the fighter and the kid with uh former mixed martial artists currently crushing it in the comedy clubs and in the theaters brendan schaub um who's a funny dude too i actually think he's pretty fucking funny i might see him next time um but then i saw i i love callan and all his podcasts and then i noticed that he was coming to um laugh boston just not too far back about third maybe a year ago at the most and i saw he was coming to laugh boston i checked him out and i loved it i had a fantastic time i thought he killed it and he was awesome 
So I, these after you have to kind of sit with a comic for a while and just kind of watch their how they work, and eventually you get to know them as as comics, and you start to appreciate their their view of the world, and you start to get laughs out of it, and that's the thing. You can't be automatically offended or automatically shut off right away by maybe one thing they said or just maybe how you view it. Try to see it from their direction. Assume that the person you're talking to knows something you don't or at least sees a certain viewpoint of something you know that you don't look at look at the same way of. Everything, you know, every idea, every article, every topic is a kaleidoscope of viewpoints. Okay? So you can never fully assume that the person that the the topic that you're referring to is going to be seen in the same way or going to be reflected in the same way as the person you're talking with. So you got to keep that in mind. Um I kind of went long with this full 32 minutes of just talking about comedy, but it does. It it means everything. So you you have to take that into account. And this is what and and this the definitely ties into culture, it definitely ties into politics. So just want to lay that out to you. Um Let's see. So we got 32 minutes here. Uh, supposed to be doing that thing at five at 5:30. So, all right. So so far so good. A uh, couple articles that I maybe wanted to get across. Oh, finally. So I haven't. I don't go to. I don't watch any news. You know, I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch any of that BS. Um, but I do have. I do watch Philip DeFranco. I don't know if I've said that before in the podcast. He has a show called The Philip DeFranco Show on YouTube. It's also reviewed. It's also known as the PDS. And it's five days a week. Um, I absolutely love it. It's very quick. You're about 10 to 15 minutes uh, per video, and then you're out. And he goes across. He, he usually talks about two, three, four different topics. Flies right through them. It's all, jumps, it's all jump cuts. He gives you the facts the best he can, reviewing all ki- different kinds of sources. And then he gives you his opinion on the subject normally, and then he asks for yours and what are your thoughts. And usually it's a lot of user-requested video, uh, stories. He just started, uh, on, uh, because I don't go to CNN, I don't go to MSNBC, I don't go to foxnews.com, I don't follow any of them on online. Every once in a while I'll go to Info for, InfoWars for like a good laugh. Um, but <laughs> for the most part, I don't go to any news websites. But And I don't want to be getting my news from fucking Twitter. I really don't. Good news though. Philip DeFranco has finally launched his website, roguerocket.com, R-O-G-U-E, rocket.com. Go there. There's all kinds of stuff on there. And I'm assuming, I'm hoping that if you want to get, like, accurate news information, okay, you really want to know what's going on in the world, that his crack team, uh, he's an L.A.-based, he's an L.A.-based crew. But I've always trusted Phil as far as his accuracy of retrieving information from wherever he gets it. He has his own journalists. He has his own news team. And the site, first of all, the site looks great. So congratulations to Philip DeFranco on all his hard work because that's a dude who fucking busted his ass to get this thing off the ground. And you can go there, check out all the articles you want. Uh, I may actually pull an article from there. And, but once again, it's roguerocket.com. So if you want to check out news articles, you can definitely go there. So we talked about uh, comedy as a, oh you know what I was thinking about I know I generally don't don't do rants anymore because I generally do them on the podcast but I was thinking back way back to week thirty of my vlog I did an episode called Trigger Warning and I kind of liked where I was going with that last piece it was a moment in 
sometimes you have those moments in life where you go, hmm, there's something to that. You have an idea, you go, hmm, there's something to that. Trigger warning, the first part of it was just kind of fun. It was like a, the beginning was a celebration of me making it to the 30th week of the podcast. You know, I had just come back, I, I had just finished week 26 with Hero Pups, which was a great, everything went great. And then two weeks of, uh, two week, two vlog weeks uh, in Palm Beach. And then immediately coming from Palm Beach to go and hang out with Team Polkin down in Providence, Rhode Island. And then, boom, next thing I know, week 30, I'm there. Sweet. I made it to big 3-0 in my vlog. Congratulations. That's 30 weeks of, of you know, struggling. And coming back, it's nice and hot out. It's summertime. And I just, I was like in a good mood and everything like that. And I, I seemed like a pretty decent, I seemed like I was in a pretty decent mood for the beginning of that vlog. And then the next day happened. And I didn't have much content. So I was going to go down to the ocean anyways. And I went down there and I just, I noticed something about everybody at Hampton Beach. And I noticed their overall health and wellness and while well, their weight was a bit um, extended. And I drove, I rolled up in my car. I did my little, you know, scripted setup where I get out of my car, I roll up to the microphone, I roll up to the camera, and I just started spitting, okay? And I spit for about fucking 15 minutes of just anger of just the health, overall health and wellness of people on the beach. And I was like, this is disgusting. And it was definitely a rough cut, you know, compared to, how I do, uh, shout out to Kate Delaney on Twitch, uh, Twitch stream. Hello, Katie. I'm going to be on for another mm, 25 minutes, I think, but I just want to say hello to you, whomever you may be. Uh, if I know you, uh, nice to see you again. If I don't know you, pleasure to meet you. Feel free to ask me any questions or concerns you may have. I'll be on till five o'clock. Uh, anyways, so I went on straight up to just went off. I just can totally fucking went off on any topic, yeah, just this whole topic in general about people taking care of themselves and spending the time to uh, do so. And it was a solid six minutes um, of me just going off. And um, I was, I just, I liked the way it, 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 it moved and it was a good four or five minutes, but I think that was like the one, one, one of the maybe two or three rants that I did that I absolutely enjoyed. Uh, putting together and I could do an even better job of putting it together. So I'm thinking of putting together a small rant series up on YouTube called trigger warning and maybe part two will come out very soon, quite possibly, but I do want to get some of my other concept. I love my concepts that I want to get out, uh, you know, disconnect project blackbird, um, and a couple other concepts that I want to do first. Once I get them out, I think trigger warning can more than like end behind the scenes of positive sarcasm studios, showing you all my gear and stuff. Once I get those out, I think Trigger Warning is going to make a comeback. So keep an eye out for Trigger Warning Part 2. It may come faster than you think. That's what she said. Uh, Kate Delaney on stream chat says, I have done a lot of positive things last week and this week. Well, Kate Delaney. Uh, Kate Delaney says, I donated. Oh, I hope this is a real person and not a freaking Russian troll. I donated 201 pounds to this streamer to help him set up his streaming equipment and all, and it made him really happy. Really, Kate Delaney? Well, kudos to you for the person I don't know. Mm. That's the last of my coffee right there. All right, let's see. 
Is that 200 pounds? So 200 pounds is like, let's see, 200 pounds is like what, 300 American? That's a good cash. You know, for 300 pounds, 300 American dollars, you can buy a laptop, a mixer, an additional external screen, two microphone uh, arms, two microphones, and a table to put it on. You can literally start up an entire London, London Gamer stream. Well, I can't go there right now, Katie Delaney. Maybe later I'll be able to check it out. I actually have a focus group at 5.30 that I need to get through, but um, maybe later I'll check that out if you wouldn't mind. Um, and feel free to support this podcast, of course, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Unless you're broke, then don't worry about it. Then in that case, just enjoy the stream. Um, but thank you for stopping in, of course, if you have any other additional questions or comments. What the fuck was I talking about? Hmm. Oh, yeah, the setup. That's for 300 bucks. I mean, you could definitely do it for a lot less than that, for 300 bucks. But I'm going to say I paid, let's see, maybe 30 bucks per microphone. The arm stands, um, the arm stands were 10 bucks a piece or $10 total. They came from China. And the laptop that I run this on, I have many, many, I have many laptops. Um, I got this one. This one was donated here and it just all it does is run the podcast that's all it does and it does it beautifully i love it it's so tiny it's got like a saw it's got a great battery life i just got a, and i just got new gear that's the thing i got new gear i got new new monitors i got new computers that just came in that i gotta uh test and either part out or refurbish and clean up and get them ready for active duty duty uh let's see kate delaney i donate too much to people i am going to be broke NSK on stream chat says pickle. NSK, thank you for your response to whatever this pickle back at you. Katie Delaney, here's the thing. As far as your money, yes, our Twitch streamers and us, we do appreciate you supporting this podcast and whatever podcasts and and, and donating and stuff like that. But remember, how first of all, how old are you? If you're under 18, we shouldn't be talking. Number two, uh, if you are donating all your money, you need to be p- taking care of yourself first. Don't be spending all your money on other people. Take care of yourself. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay other people way more by paying yourself first. Okay, by taking care of yourself. I focused on taking care of myself. Okay, so you're 23. You should be focusing on taking care of all of your own hopes and dreams first. And by doing that, you're actually gonna pay out a lot more than you think to other people because of what you're able to do by just giving people money. It doesn't work it's kind of takes the uh the drive out of them to do something to do that you know because it's like the team remember the teach a man to fish or give a man a fish eats for a day teach a man a fish eats for a lifetime that kind of thing um doug stanhope has a great joke about that you can actually check it out on instagram but you're 23 you work as a teacher's assistant all right so you probably don't make that much of money i'm just guessing i'm just guessing but you work as a teacher's assistant who the hell is that? Oh, oh, it don't matter. So, yeah, do – here's the thing. Okay, so you work as a teacher's assistant. I wonder if you go to college or you do other things. Do you have like a certain hobby or a certain dream of yours that you've wanted to do? Because I obviously didn't want to work in an office all my life. So I started the podcast. I started the website. I started the blog. I started the YouTube channel. I started doing wedding videos and other commercials and ads like the one I posted today. I started doing all those things because I have plans. I had plans for myself. Now, if you do, I suggest you start doing them now at 23 because I didn't really start until I was like 30-ish, early 30s. So if you start them now, imagine where you'll be 
seven years from now. You love hiking and you love photography. Well, holy shit, Katie. I mean, look at the two that you just took. Hiking and photography. Okay. Well, guess what, champion? You can put those two together in more ways than you can possibly imagine, okay? People love being in the outdoors. People love photography, okay? I, I get it. There's a shitload of photographers out there. But you can be you can build your own specific niche of being a photographer out in the wilderness and hiking all these different peaks all over the United States. Appalachian Trail, uh, the White Mountains, the Rocky Mountains, and uh, Big Bend, Yellowstone National Park. Get what I'm saying? You go there. You get your camera gear. You can talk about the camera gear that you like to use, the uh, the angles that you like to shoot at, okay? Plus the idea that you're doing something that requires fitness, how you pack. Because here's the thing. You can also talk about not only how you pack just to be a hiker, but number two, how you pack gear, photography or video gear while you're hiking because it's additional weight. So you're going to – are you going to be one of lugging up a – do you want to lug up a mountain, a Nikon D750? With a with a big telescopic lens and additional battery packs and shit, no, no way. Cause you you know you have any fucking idea how heavy that is. I'm sure you do since you love photography. That's super heavy, okay. And they're not gonna take you super seriously if you're just gonna be going up to the top of Mount Major with your iPhone, okay. Maybe that's great for Instagram, but at the end of the day, that's not true photography. Although you can get a lot accomplished with it if you're a good editor. Okay, and editing software is pretty cheap. I have to I have to admit, like uh, Corel makes a good um, photo photo editing, so you don't have to necessarily spend a shitload of money on like Adobe CS or Adobe Illustrator, but you can absolutely do a lot with hiking and photography, and you can get a cheap drone. You can go and get yourself like a, a DJI. Um, what's it called? Not the Mavic. What's the other one? Spark. You can go to get a, you can go get a Spark for like three hundred bucks. You can take that bad boy up in the air, and you can get your you can get your photography done up in the air. Isn't that Matt? See all that shit? I just I just thought of it. So you take your little tiny drone that weighs maybe le- maybe weighs maybe as much as your hand, with your with a decent camera that doesn't weigh too much. Maybe like a mirrorless camera that takes really good images. Like for example, I have a, a Sony Alpha series, like the grandfather series. We're talking about the Sony Alpha NEX 5T. Okay, 16 megapixels, 1080p video takes great pictures uh, has a proprietary uh, microphone has a proprietary flash now but you would probably as a photographer you'd want a viewfinder so that would be out however you can go find something that's relatively light if you find something that's relatively light that's easy to hike up with that won't get damaged on the hike that's maybe uh, some type of weatherproofing on it weatherproofing is definitely insisted upon Uh, I've definitely made that mistake that's how uh, my Nikon B700 got washed out so you got to keep that in mind. So you can you can go and talk about those certain things on your blog or maybe through YouTube or Instagram and you can talk about how what kind of gear you'd hike with. You know, and what's the best to hike with? How many ba- you know, how good's the battery life? Uh, uh how good is it in the weather? How durable it is. Let's face it, you're going to drop shit. You're going to drop lenses, you're going to break lenses. Okay? My lens on my Sony right now is so fucked up, but I make it work cuz I simply have to just flick it with my middle finger and it comes back to life so if those are some of the things that you like to do just go do them just go do them i can guarantee you unless you live in friggin iowa you can go find a mountain somewhere if you live in idaho you're you're all set if you live in new mexico or texas even better if you live in new in the new england area there's plenty of mountains to hike dude or girl whatever whatever your, your fucking pronoun is but you get what i'm saying understand that there's 
you know, donating, first of all, we love it. You guys keep us afloat. You help us out. Every time my ding, the ding goes off on, on my PayPal or on my Stripe or whatever, I'm super appreciative. Every time somebody sends me a check or a Venmo, I love it. But you got to make sure that even when you're donating, I would suggest that when you're donating, donating, allocate a certain amount aside each month for just people you want to donate to on the internets or on the streams or whatever. Okay? You follow me on there, homie? Certain amounts that you want to donate to people. But make sure – and don't go above that limit. So say you make – 1200 bucks a month and you want to donate, I don't know, a hundred, two hundred dollars a month. Not even that, maybe fifty. So you allocate who you're gonna donate to that month, but you're not gonna go above that fifty dollar mark. Okay? And believe me, anybody who says that, you know, ten a ten dollar donation or five dollar donation is not gonna really help, is not gonna help, that's bullshit. Okay. Five dollar donation could be gas money, it could be a new battery, it could be a cheap uh lens filter for their drone, it could be new notebooks. It could be it could be extra RAM. It could be an extra stick of RAM if, it, if the RAM is that cheap. It could be any of that. That's five bucks. So five, ten dollars, absolutely. So even a dollar, even a dollar matters. It all matters. It all depends on what the person who's doing the streaming and things like that does with it. Okay? Because let's face it, if you have, let's say you okay, let's say you have two hundred thousand. Not even that. Let's say you have. I don't know, 20,000 subscribers and 10,000 of them uh, give you $1 a month, just a dollar a month. How much money is that again? Even after taxes on all you, all the, all this, the, the streamer has to do is pump out content. It's amazing what you can do with just a dollar. My father said that the man's one of man's greatest abilities, greatest, uh, you know, blessings is the ability to earn a dollar. Now, that can be, you know, tweaked with as far as being updated, but the main premise of it still exists. So I want you to kind of consider that. Um, so good luck to you with your hiking and photography, being a teacher's assistant. That's, you know, that's a great, that sounds like a, a tough gig. But uh, if you have any other questions, concerns, you can email me directly at positive sarcasm at outlook.com, or you can just simply go to positive sarcasm.com, click the contact button, or you can, you know... <laughs> I'm not going to say slide in my DMs. It's not, you know, let's not do that. But yeah, you can absolutely, if you have further questions or whatever, or comments, absolutely, I'd love to entertain your thoughts. Um, anybody who else wants to go through the Twitch stream, I love interacting on the Twitch stream. Absolutely. So Katie Delaney, 23, don't know you, but I appreciate you dropping in. Drop by anytime. If you have any other questions, concerns, anybody else has questions or concerns, you can absolutely hit me up on there. Um, I do, let's see, we got 50 minutes left and then I'm going to close up shop. Uh, let's see. What else? See, Grand Tour finale. If anybody's watched, if anybody was a fan of Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, uh, the Grand Tour. It was a question mark finale. Uh, they said it. Was, Jeremy made me tear up a little bit because this is something I've been, you know, watching a long time. I've been watching Grand Tour since I was like in my early to late, early to mid twenties. And they're closing up the tent, but they're going to be still doing their adventures. So if you're a fan of like cars and adventures, I strongly suggest the Grand Tour. Or old episodes of Top Gear, but it has to be with the British guys, nobody else. Um, because there's nothing, there's there's something primal about getting in a car, a, a car you love, and just that right song comes on. I mean, I got into uh, my convertible, um, my badass Mustang, uh, Sunday. Car was spotless. I mean, spotless. 
Roof was down. Started the engine up. Broom, big Magnaflow exhausts. The first song that comes on is fucking Toto Africa. I mean, it does not get any more perfect than that. I literally, by the end of the song, I had happy tears. And then as soon as the song ended, I was going onto the on-ramp, and I just went sideways and boom, took off. You know, it was funny, though. I left I left uh, my town, and by the time I crossed the, the state, uh, the uh, capital, crossed across from the state to get to the, the, the lakes region, the fucking, it felt like 10 degrees out. The lake was still frozen. I had the roof down. I was like, I was freezing, and I was just wearing a regular uh, shirt. I wasn't even wearing like a sweater jacket or anything like that. I was freezing my nuts off. Um, but it was still a great drive up north, and I was crushing it. Um, so that was that was an, a lot of fun. But you know, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm glad I. I'm glad I left the lakes region. There was nothing for me there. Uh, I did on my way back have a blue light scare because um, I had a, you know I had a couple drinks earlier. I was I was making drinks like I always do at these house parties. Made a bunch of drinks, all kinds of stuff. Killing it. I killed it, too, by the way. And on my way back, so you know those, you know those moments. You know those moments. I'm rolling, I'm rolling down the street, rolling down the street on the road. There was a car in front of me and a car behind me, I think. Yes. And we, were, we, were, we, weren't, going, we weren't going fast. We were just driving, you know, keeping up with traffic. And then all of a sudden, you just see the little state trooper just kind of poke its head out on the right-hand side. He was coming up from a road. Poked his head up, came to a stop because cars were coming by. It's like, oh shit! Soon as and of course, as we pass by, he jumps on, and he's rolling. He's rolling behind us in traffic. So we all kind of pull it down a little bit. But I'm the one, the freaking V8, so with the vanity plates. And okay, no big deal. So one car gets off. We're still going. Then as we get farther ahead, we see blue lights. A car had pulled over another car on the left side of the road, so the state trooper gets flips his lights and then goes down that path. And I'm like, cool, the car, the cop's gone. So we take off, as we should. So we take off, going further down the road, the other car disappears. So now there's nobody behind me. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm cruising. And, you know, things are going along swimmingly. And then all of a sudden, I look again, about, I'd say, half, I was, I was about about a half a mile to the exit that I wanted to be at. I was like, no problem. Then all of a sudden, I see I see just regular lights appear right behind me, and the dude flips his lights on, his blues. And I'm like, what the fuck? I had no idea where he came from, so he had to have caught up on, caught up with me. This was the same state trooper that pulled, o- that was, that pulled over to help the other cop doing whatever. And he flips his lights and he starts hauling towards me. I'm like, where the fuck did he come from? And I wasn't killing it speed wise too. If I was doing 10 over, then all right, I was doing 10 over. Maybe. I don't remember. I pulled to the right and he blasts right by me. <sighs> that was like, I felt so much better. But he he pulled over from the side of the road. He pulled over from what he was doing Got back on the highway, was crushing it towards Concord, and then I pulled to the right because I'm like, I don't know why he's pulling me over because he had to have caught up seriously, and then he just blew right by me with his blues. But that scares the shit out of you. So then I got off, and I just went, and I just drove home. But I've been exhausted all week because I've, you know, when you have, let's see, new gear, you know, every time new gear arrives, 
I have to test it, I have to part it out, and then I have to clean it out, and then I have to reconfigure it if necessary. That all takes time. Just the fact of sitting there for five minutes to see if the computer works or not, because then you can either, you can start by testing it, see if it turns on. Okay, if it does, then you got to see what's in there and what you got to do with it. If it's not good, then you got to check the parts underneath, see if it's plugged in properly. Why is it not turning on the way it should? The next thing you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, then you go and grab the screwdriver. An hour has gone by. And then reconfiguring it, that sometimes can take fucking forever because you don't know who had the original user, what kind of damage they may have done to this computer. It can take, it can take a long-ass time. So these are all things to consider. So while you're doing that, you need to have other things going on in the background as well. Like, for example, I was doing things today, and I needed to have stuff going up, on, going on in the background so to get more accomplished. And I need to get more accomplished because it's been – I've had a lot – this has been so – I've been so cramped for time this week and the past couple weeks, especially since I've been working on the Sudanese wedding video. And since they have no concept of time over there pretty much, it's like, all right, now i got to work with this. I'm on a time constraint, and they don't know what time is. Okay, great. Um, so – Working with that has killed my time this week. So while I was doing that, I also came up with a great tip for YouTube music. So for example, if you want to use, and I think I'll end, I'll probably, maybe I'll end with this, I don't know. If you want to learn, figure out what music you can and can't use, first of all, if you want to figure out music that you can't, you want to use on YouTube that um, is copyright free, simple. Just type in copyright free or royalty free music. They'll take you to a bunch of pages um, like Bass Rebels or Chill, um, Joe Kim Carew, uh, uh, DJ Quads, and they'll and it'll all say specifically either copyright free music or it'll say it in the description down below of the video that it's copyright free, which means you can use it as long as you give proper credit with links to the user of the video, okay, or the creator of the music. Now, there's here's the thing though: a lot of the times the music that is out there for copyright free is dog shit. All right, straight up dog shit. Like, I wouldn't want to use it. It's so fucking terrible. Maybe you want something more nostalgic. Now, a lot of the times, music that's been out there for a long time that was heavily popular that maybe needs a mm, upgrade, per se, there's a lot of good remixes out there of those of those tunes. Like, for example, uh, Led Zeppelin's Black Dog. I use that. If you go back to week 81, think of the podcast, week 79 or week 81. I think it was weekend. It was called um, something Supernova. It was a. It, it's in my charity section. Go to positive sarcasm. Uh, positive sarcasm on YouTube and check out the charity stuff. There's one there. It's called. Uh, it's it's a Fourth of July episode with Hero Pups, and there's a song I used in there. It's a remix of Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Now, no copyright strikes against it at all. No copyright claims on it at all because you test these things before you use them. For example, I download a bunch of these. I go and I find remixes of a bunch of songs that I like. I'll go to like metal or rock remix or let you type in, you, you search Led Zeppelin remixes. You type in Pink Floyd remixes. You type in Slipknot remixes or Gloria Stefan or uh, uh, um, Aha, Take On Me remix. A lot of the times these will not be copyright, uh, copyright. There will be no copyright claims on them. So you download them. Then what you do is up, upload the videos again in private. So, for example, I'll upload a version of, um, what's this? what's that song? Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy. Very popular song. Commercial song. What you do is you privately upload the remix. There's a remix on there that's really good online. I'll download that and I'll upload the music that music video 
privately into my own stash. And if there's no copy, and if it shows a copyright claim as soon as you upload it, which it will, basically, then you know that there's going to be a claim on it, and you either a won't be able to make money, or two, you won't be able to show it on your channel. So that's to consider. However, if there is no copyright claim on it within that day or within those certain matter of minutes, then the good news is you can actually use that music in your own creative vlog. So if you're doing like a uh, a drift video or however you want to use it, it doesn't really matter. You can then use that without copyright claim or anything like that because it's a remix of the original song and, and who sh then the copyright claim would fall on the responsibility for that claim would fall on the owner of the original song. So if they and why and a person who remixes a song should not be copyright claiming a song that they, they didn't didn't originally make. You see you follow me on that dog? You follow me on that? Now, does this sometimes happen? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't think you should allow it to be unless the rights on it have died, have expired, I don't think you should be allowed to copyright claim a song that you didn't originally make. But then a lot of them don't. And I'll upload like five to seven of these privately on YouTube. And then two out of the five will have copyright claims on them. I'll delete those. And then I'll know that the other five I can use for later projects and they'll be copyright free. And then I can, and these are, some of them are really good remixes of songs that people know very well. So they can, that, you know, it, believe me, it matters. So do that. You just upload them privately in the background you know, you copy, you download the video with the music in it and then upload it privately. And then you can check in your video studio on YouTube, your YouTube studio creator, and just check and see if it has copyright claims on it. You'll know it when you see it. It'll be a, be a big C. You see that, you'll know which ones you can keep and which ones you can take it down. Okay? Didn't get to the uh, articles this weekend, but I did get a, a bunch of other stuff. We are an hour and one minutes, and I actually have a thingy that I got to get to at 530. So I'm going to close up shop here, but it's been a solid hour in one minutes. I appreciate all you guys. Katie Delaney on uh, Twitch stream. Thank you for, for chiming in with all your thoughts. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter at POS Sarcasm, you want to follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one, Instagram at positive sarcasm, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can find me on minds, minds.com uh, positive sarcasm there. You can donate to the podcast and basically the entire PS universe. Uh, you can go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated, of course. And you can hit me up um, on all the social media platforms, direct message as well. And, of course, you can email me directly at positivesarcasm at outlook.com. And the YouTube, YouTube is Positive Sarcasm. Check out my latest post on YouTube. Uh, it's also on facebook.com slash positivesarcasm and on Instagram. And I will talk to you guys next week about a bunch of other slew of things. Hopefully that will be uh, as hopefully more interesting. Um, but I appreciate all that other jazz too. But thank you guys for chiming in uh, throughout the daily. Subscribership. All that stuff, I appreciate it. Watch, listen, subscribe, support, collaborate. Do whatever you can. It all helps me. I love doing this. So um, I will check in on you, of course, very, very soon. And, of course, you will have a new podcast next week. This will be available on iTunes, Stitcher, podcast that I can Google Play Music. But in the meantime, thank you guys for watching, listening, subscribing. I will talk to you all very soon. This is going to probably be so